Today's episode is sponsored by Wall Street Oasis. On this show, we talk a lot about the specific skills you'll need to demonstrate as an investment banker. But are you concerned about what your specific chances are at landing an offer? Be sure to check out the WSO Academy, a highly selective 12-week training program that can help you get the job. You'll get one-on-one mock interviews with investment bankers, courses, resume reviews, and an accountability system to keep you on track. Again, this program is highly selective, so spots will open up over time, but check out the link in the show notes and make sure you join the waitlist. You don't have to go it alone when recruiting. WSO Academy can provide the resources you need, so check them out today. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is the show, if you didn't already know, where we're breaking down investment banking concepts and knowledge to help you prepare for your coffee chats, interviews, and ultimately get those offers. So I am going through the recruiting process myself and I am sharing as much as I can with you so that we can all succeed together. Now, if you listened to the last episode, you got an overview of the general industry of investment banking and hopefully got a flavor of of what things are actually like and a sense of what you're getting yourself into. (laughs) Well, I want to have a quick episode with you today to talk about the recruiting process. And I'm going to be focusing specifically on the recruiting process for MBA students. Now, the first thing that you should know is that Generally, the recruiting process begins early in the fall. So usually in September, pretty much right after people get onto campus is when investment banking recruiting begins. Now, I want to say there is a big caveat to this. If you are considered a diversity candidate, which there's a very broad definition of what that means, but And 2023, as I'm recording this, that basically means if you are a woman, there are not as many women in investment banking uh, as men. If you are an underrepresented minority, if you're Black, if you're Latinx, Native American, etc., if you are identify as LGBTQ+, those are really the main categories for diversity recruiting. That happens even earlier and can happen as early as June, uh, leading up to your first year as an MBA student. So very early. So some people will be recruiting for that, but most people will be recruiting in the fall. Now, the thing about the fall is it's it's a really tight turnaround <laughs> from what I understand, because other types of industries that recruit, for example, consulting, or if you're recruiting for tech, or if you're recruiting for general management positions, those types of recruiting typically happen later in the school year. So you have a little bit of time to get settled in, get going with your classes, get going with your clubs, and then, okay, recruiting, you know, you kind of work your way into it. Whereas it seems like investment banking is much more formal and much faster than the other types of recruiting at MBA programs. So be aware of that. Now, when it comes to recruiting, we have to first understand what what is a job that we're trying to get hired for? And there are different levels within an investment bank. And I want to talk about those levels briefly so that 
you kind of understand where you're going in at within the organization. So within investment banks, there are typically four primary levels. Of course, there's more nuance than this than I understand at this point. (laughs) But these are the four main levels that you need to know. At the bottom are the analysts. Analysts are doing a lot of just the day-to-day work of putting together presentations, putting together models for different deals, that kind of a thing. That's at the bottom. Then above analysts, you have associates. Associates are doing a lot of things that analysts are doing, as I understand it, but they have some more responsibility. And ultimately, if there's a group of analysts that report to an associate, the associate is ultimately responsible for the work of everyone in that group. Then above associate, you have vice presidents. Vice presidents, now you're getting into more of a little bit of a relationship building role. You're probably talking to C-suite executives on a more regular basis in order to get deals done, that kind of thing. And also you're responsible for all the people under you, all the work under you. And then above vice presidents, you have a managing director. Managing director, I would say it, it feels analogous to like a partner at a law firm or something like that. Like you're the one calling the shots. You're traveling around the country. You're meeting clients. You're trying to win new business for the firm. And you're responsible for making deals happen. Like the buck kind of stops with you as a managing director. So as someone coming in from a different industry, presumably if you're listening to this, you don't already work in an investment bank and you're just trying to get promoted or something, you are switching careers, right? You're trying to come into this industry. Where are you going to fit in at? Well, if you're coming in from the undergrad level, you're going to be going for an analyst role. And if you're coming in from the MBA level, you're going to be going for an associate role. Now, one caveat I have to add here is that sometimes, and this is relatively rare, but I have heard of it happening. If you're an MBA student and you're a relatively young MBA student, let's say that you graduated from undergrad, you got two years of work experience, and then you went right away to get your MBA, banks may look at that and say, well, we really like you, but we want you to be in an analyst role and not necessarily an associate role yet. We want you to have a little bit more work experience. I think it really just depends on your work experience. But in the vast majority of cases that I've heard about, if you are going to a top MBA program, you're going to be hired in at the associate level. All right. So how does this work? How do you go from just being a random person to being someone with an offer from an investment bank? Now, again, I'm still super early in the process myself, so I am not yet speaking from personal experience, but from my research, from talking to people who have done this successfully, here's how the process works. First of all, you go to information sessions. You connect with people at the banks. The banks will have events and say, hey, come check us out. We want to tell you about what we do. And you go to those events. You show up on time. You're professional. You're courteous. You listen to what they have to say. You ask thoughtful questions and you just make that initial connection. So that's the first step. Then you get to, well, hold up. I actually need to back up a little bit because there's even a step before this for some banks, depending on the bank. For some banks, you'll just, you'll do information sessions. And then there's also resume drops. So what a resume drop is, you get your resume looking polished and perfect. 
and you send it into basically this database. And the banks will look at all the resumes that come through. Some banks will say, okay, that's great. We have an idea of who we're recruiting. Let's do the info session. Everyone is welcome. Some banks will say, okay, well, we have so many applications for the few number of spots that we have. We're going to do some cuts right now. So they'll cut people out at the resume phase and you don't even get invited further. But if you do make the next cut, well, of course you would keep going. So that's a little caveat there. But I think that's actually a very minority number of banks will cut (laughs) right away. Um, I think Goldman Sachs does that. But I think most of the banks will, you know, let you come to their info sessions. So then you do the info session. Then after that, you have what's called coffee chats. Now, before coming into the MBA world, I had never heard of coffee chats. I didn't know what it was. My networking game was not very strong. (laughs) But essentially, coffee chats is just you and another person just chatting. And just kind of that next level of intimacy introduction between you and the bank. You're getting to know the bank a little bit more. The bank's getting to know you a little bit more. And they'll ask you some questions, which I'll get to in the next episode coming up. And you're going to have to be able to answer those questions professionally and in a way that's truly unique to you. So that's what's going to happen. Now, uh, the next phase after these little coffee chats, and don't be fooled, these coffee chats may seem informal, but they're interviews. (laughs) They are definitely interviews because once you make it through that phase, you get to the formal interview. This is when you're really going to be asked these harder questions, these technical questions, as well as maybe even following up on behaviorals. Every interview is going to be slightly different. Every bank is going to be slightly different in the way that they interview you. But broadly speaking, there are two types of interview questions. There are behavioral questions that assess things like your story, your interests, your strengths, why do you want to be at that bank, things like that. And then you have technical questions. Tell me such and such about a balance sheet. Tell me about what happens if I do this to depreciation. Those kinds of more technical questions. And we are going to go very deep into all those things in a few episodes. But for now, just know that those are the main types of questions you're going to get asked. Then once you go past that phase, there is the final step. The final step before you get to the finish line, before you get to touchdown, so to speak, (laughs) it is called a super day. A super day is when a bank invites you to their headquarters and you go there with a bunch of other aspiring bankers and you meet them and you talk to people and you are interviewed by some senior bankers, usually like maybe a vice president or a managing director even. And these super days, they might last one hour, they might last three hours for a single bank. And you are going to be grilled on your level of competence, your your interests, your passion, your enthusiasm, and your fit for that bank's culture. Because of course, these banks want to hire people who are not just really, really smart, really intelligent, but people who have emotional intelligence people who relate to their culture and speak their language. That's what they're looking for. So that is the final step. And then once you progress past the super day, the magical offer comes in and you get that offer from the bank. Can't you visualize it right now? I'm visualizing it right now for myself. Like, wow, that's going to be really, really nice. (laughs) You get that offer and boom, you're an investment banker. 
So that is the process from beginning to end at a high level. Info sessions slash resume drops, then coffee chats, then you have the more formal interviews, and then you have a super day, and then you get your offer. Now, I want to be clear about something is that the banks are very, very different. Some banks will be what you will hear as high touch, quote unquote, high touch banks, and some banks will be quote unquote, low touch. What does that mean? High touch banks mean that they're going to talk to you a lot before you get an offer from them. Low touch means that you'll probably only interact a few times before you get an offer. I have heard that just by way of example, banks like Morgan Stanley are more low touch. You may only speak to three or four people throughout the recruiting cycle before you get that offer. And then contrast that with banks like Bank of America, who I've heard you end up talking to, you may talk to 20 people, 25 people from beginning to end before you get that final offer. It just depends on the culture of the bank and the resources that the firm has devoted to recruiting, especially um, with your particular school. So another thing with that is you'll likely have coffee chats, information sessions, interviews with alums who went to your MBA program. And because those are the people who are in the firms who are going to ultimately advocate for you when decision day comes. So you want to make sure that you're getting to know them, you're connecting with them, you're expressing the authenticity of who you are, and you're demonstrating professionalism, competence, and confidence. So those are some things that you need to know about the recruiting process. And then on a final note, I mean, that's basically the recruiting season. So from September to January or so, that's the main recruiting season for MBAs for investment banking. By January, the majority of people who are recruiting for investment banking will have been successful. And then the spring semester, they won't have to worry about recruiting that much. Um, but that's basically the timeline for you. And I mean, the main thing underpinning this whole recruiting season, at least that I've taken from it, is networking, networking, networking. It's all about getting to know people, sharing your story, getting clarity on what you want, who you are, why that opportunity with that bank is a good match for you and your abilities, making sure that you remember people, remember what they said at that event that you went to, and just finding connection, expressing gratitude, expressing professionalism, expressing ambition, and expressing clarity of who you are and what you're going after. So that's what I would say for recruiting. That's an overview of the recruiting process. I am very excited because I'm in the middle of this myself in the early recruiting season here in early summer 2023. And I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> um, but that's what I've learned so far. But hopefully that helps you. Now, in the next episode, we are going to talk a little bit about interviewing. We're going to be getting more and more specific with these episodes before we jump deep into technicals. And I'm going to be talking about the three inevitable recruiting questions that you're going to have to answer. <laughs> so be sure to tune in next time for a discussion of those. All right. I'll see you next time. This is Alex Mason, your host, and I'll see you later.